G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. I want to continue to grow exponentially but safely. Uh, so, you know, if we're at 18,000 units in five years from now, I'll be disappointed. Um, but I, um, there's no one number. There's no real goal out there. I think that's silly. I just feel really lucky and fortunate to still wake up at whatever 7 a.m. shower and be like, let's go to work. I'm excited. Let's do it. Welcome to Investing in the U.S., a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reid Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show.
G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another incredible episode of Investing in the US. We're coming to you live from the best ever conference here in Keystone, Colorado. And this is the second live podcast I've done today. And I'm actually really honored to be welcoming my next guest. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Frank Rosler. G'day, mate. How are you going? Uh, <laughs> uh, very good. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm on, honored to be the fourth and 254th <laughs> guest that you've had. So. Yeah. So for those people who don't uh, remember back in the day when I knew my mum and my grandma used to listen to my podcast. Frank was the number four episode talking about the benefits of investing in real estate. Um, if those people haven't, just maybe give us a 30 second overview. If, if you haven't listened to that episode, who you are, what you do, and, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of today's show. Sure. I own a uh, multifamily investment firm. Uh, we acquire large apartment communities of 200 units or more. Uh, we have roughly 9,000 units. We're at a little over $900 million of assets under management. Um, and I always say, I, I, you know, I, I am not here to brag about the size of our portfolio uh, so much as the team that we've surrounded ourselves with. Uh, we've uh, we've created a really really all star uh, uh, team of analysts, acquisition guys, asset managers, and it has been so gratifying to see that team go from just Joe and I buying a couple properties to a very large investment firm. It's been an incredible journey so far. And that and just give a little bit of context because we we spoke to you four years ago, maybe four and a half years ago. I think you're still at AMM Capital. I believe so. I don't, maybe you don't just Sure, quit. sure. I'll give you a yeah. little bit more background. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I worked at a company called M&A Real M&A. Estate Partners. All good. Uh, M&A Real Estate Partners. And they did similar stuff to what I'm doing at Ashcroft Capital. Um, and, you know, I learned a, a tremendous amount during my time there. I was a young man just out of grad school, starting off as an unpaid intern there. I was there almost 10 years. I was on the acquisition side for the first half of my career. And then I was the asset manager manager their portfolio for the second half of my career. Uh, I kind of cut my teeth there, so to speak, but I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was always trying to, um, you know, start a company somehow. Um, and finally, uh, you know, I, I overcame a lot of obstacles. I was under contract on my first deal, uh, which is a long, long story uh, just to get there. And uh, for those of you listening, Reed, you were one of the most instrumental people during that uh, fundraising process because you introduced me to uh, the mighty Mr. Joe Fairless. <laughs> and I wouldn't uh, be able to talk about all those asset center management if it wasn't for uh, partnering with Joe and growing this company with him. And you were you didn't just say, hey, you should talk to him. You did a lot to create that partnership. And I, I'm forever grateful to you. Uh, well, thank you. Well, mate, thank you. And, and uh, look, it's, it's, uh, you talk about team and, and being an entrepreneur, you just do what's in front of you, right? Like you, I remember when I met you in, in LA all those years ago and you showed me that Woodland deal and it was a cracker of a little deal. I think it was a seven cap. I look back at the other day. I know. It was oh, like, God. <laughs> I wish you could buy more. But, like um, <laughs> but it was more to do with like, you needed help and you were, <laughs> excuse me, you had this entrepreneurial spirit and it was just like, well, I, I, I got someone you could maybe talk to. I got no idea if he's going to help you or not, but hey, this guy, this guy should be able to help. And look, it, it takes one, it takes that one spark and all of a sudden you've grown this to, to um, 9,000 units, $900 million, nearly a billion. That's in what, four and a half years? Like, like, how, like how long, when was yeah. Wood Glen? Was that uh, War, Wood Glen, we closed August of 15. Uh, <laughs> so it's just under five years. Wow. Um, and, and just, you know, one more comment, like you obviously were uh, tremendously helpful. That's an understatement. But just in terms of like 
I think you saw someone with an entrepreneurial spirit who needed help. I was so shocked and pleased at everyone that didn't just slam the door shut on me and say, no, I can't help you. Like people tried. They really did. Strangers, acquaintances. I was shocked at how much of their personal time they put into helping me along this journey. And it kind of showed me that, you know, that old like uh, saying is true like 90% of people are really good people right. and if anyone's listening thinking about starting their own thing I, I totally encourage them to you know step out there and put themselves out there I think they'll be pleasantly surprised at what they might find yeah I look completely agree with that it's, but it takes that the hum, being humble enough to ask for help you know like there's, there's that oh I've got this thing that I want to do and I've got no idea how it's going to go but you went and put a deal under contract and all of a sudden you're asking strangers for help and they bent over backwards to help you which is freaking awesome and part of what the abundant mindset is um, but I want to talk a little bit more about this the 900 the 9,000 units in five years like that mm-hmm. is that is a massive that's not even a hockey stick curve that is <laughs> that is like at a, a nearly a 90 degree angle of straight up like how the hell have you gone about doing that like what? what well, we've, we've, honestly, like it's been it's been impressive to watch, but it's yeah. as a as a, a, a class who's a bit of a friend and 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 just like wow, like a lot of hard work. I would imagine we've acquired about ten thousand, but we sold off about oh, fifteen hundred right. okay, or so. so yeah. we're, we're just under nine thousand right now. But anyway, um, it, it the growth that we've been on is extremely remarkable. We keep. Um, more than doubling our size every year. We are growing exponentially. And, uh, you know, you, you can attribute that to a, a number of different things. And uh, one of which is real estate is one of the still uh, cash flowing yet uh, moderate uh, risk investments uh, that is available to smaller limited partners out there. It's something that a lot of people can see, they can touch, they feel comfortable with. So we're in a good industry for it. Uh, We've also done a good job on our investments. I mean, we've sold seven properties now and our lowest IRR is a 22 and our highest is a 59. Um, It's been a great market for us. We've benefited from cap rate compression, certainly, and that will not always be the case. But one thing that has been the case every time is we have grown our NOI by a minimum of 20% on every single one of our properties. So I feel like we're in, a, we're in a very strong market. Real estate is very attractive, uh, but we're also keeping our head down and focusing on the fundamentals of investing. We're focusing on the best practices and we're not just trying to buy anything and everything. Uh, we still, you know, we bought, we bought eight properties last year and we underwrote 450 properties <laughs> last year. So, I mean, we're, we're, that ratio has been there since day one. Um, and uh, it's just been an incredible journey. And, you know, I think every step along the way, you're kind of just, you're focused on today. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you, you rarely pick your head up and go, wow, look, look where we are. But, but isn't it nice when you can do that? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I do that with my wife late at night with a glass of wine. And we do. We, we pinch right. ourselves and yeah. we're like, holy cow, can you believe this? Can you believe how many people are trusting us right. with their, their money? Right. You know, And um, it's, um, it's a, a incredibly uh, gratifying um, and, um, experience. And uh, I don't know, I have a, a lot of people to thank about it. And I, I'm very happy we're here, but I do consider this still to be the very beginning. I mean, I, I want us to be in many more markets than we are, many more states. Uh, I want to continue to um, uh, bring significant um, 
projects in-house. I want us to become more efficient. Um, you know, where we are is great, but I do see so many more things that we can do better, and that excites me. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I when you find mistakes, it's it's on one hand frustrating, but on the other hand, you go, oh, hey, we can do better tomorrow because we won't be making this mistake right. anymore. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now, back into the show. Talking about um, that growth that <clears throat> I know in the first couple of years, because I was there for some of them, it was you know one, two, three deals a year. Now you just said you did eight last year. How has that been, that transition to that sheer scale? Like, you know, obviously you were you and Joe at the coalface just doing it, grinding, you know, the two of you just, you know, making it happen. But when did you bring on your first employee? Like, I think it was not to a lot. Asset manager was like deal number eight or something like that. Like It, it was, yeah, I mean... I'd say that's a big mistake we did is we spread ourselves way too thin for way too long wow, at this okay. company. And I think uh, it, it required me working from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. for years. And, and that's really not an exaggeration. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't need to do that. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, it, but we also needed a couple years to, you know, get the revenue where mm. it needs to be to not go hire someone that's going to learn on the job and make mm. their own mistakes. We didn't want to just hire, you know, mediocre. young, inexperienced, mediocre. Sure. I, w I mean, the people we did hire, Scott Levenhart, you know, came to us. We're in Manhattan. He was in Manhattan. He worked for at a $15 billion private equity fund for 11 years running their acquisitions. And, uh, you know, we needed to be a certain type of company to attract an employee like that and he's just one i mean there's our asset manager our director of finance our director of construction um all of those folks i i i think i've done a very good job of hiring folks that i'm i'm saying they can do that way better than i can do that right, they're right. smart they're experienced and they're they're singularly better than me at that part of this whole game uh, right. that we're in but, um, but you also did a lot of that in the beginning, right? You had to do it all because you had to be lean, you had to be nimble, you had to be yeah. dirty and gritty and roll up the sleeves because, the, again, you, you talk about the revenue piece. You you couldn't attract that person from a $15 billion company if you had three deals. Yeah. Right? That's right. <laughs> you, That's right. You needed to grow. And so, yeah, you needed to do, like, if anyone was listening and thinking about doing this, like, I mean, I probably waited too long, but still... You need to be that person that has done every single thing at your company so that you know how to oversee those guys that are going to be doing those projects, those guys and girls that are going to be doing those projects later on. And so I'm very glad that I had that kind of organic growth through this company. It's not like I didn't know what I was doing beforehand. I was at another company for right. almost 10 years. But there's a difference between working for uh, someone else and working for yourself. Right. Um, so, you know, we... We took on this team way too late still. We should have done it a year before we did, um, but we're, we're happy to be where we are now. 2020 hindsight, mate. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so I guess um, with all that growth, you obviously, it's just snowballing right now. Um, what's been the most difficult you know, situations that you've faced over the last five years growing it to 9,000 units? Like, is, there, is, there a, is there a handful of them or is there one thing that you, you thought, Jesus has been so freaking hard? And, and it could be more from a personal point of view, but what's been that sort of biggest lesson learnt? Oh boy. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it's humbling 
to oversee a company this big because you you do so many things right, but you only remember the things that you right. had done wrong. Um, I mean, I, now I'm like, which ones do I want to say on this podcast necessarily? Um, I, no one's listening to it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I mean, I, not hiring people earlier on was a, a very large mistake, and I don't ever want to make that mistake uh, again. Um, oh, something else that I've learned from, I, I mean, we have had folks in our property management uh, company um, do things, uh, say one thing and do another. Mm. A- and really, uh, I mean, we just heard Joe give that big speech. Um, well, I have had uh, people at our property management company that were saying, hey, the occupancy is X, Y, and Z. And they were showing something on a piece of paper that wasn't really what it was. Mm. And we trusted that person a little too long and then discovered the numbers weren't adding up correctly. And, you know, that was a that was a significant amount of loss on one property just because we had one problem resident or, or uh, one problem property manager. Um, I'd, I'd say this is actually a really important lesson. Um, you know, we raise all this money and you go buy a very large investment. Like j- let's just, our average purchase price in 19 was $51 million. Mm-hmm. You, that's, that's comprised of hundreds of individual people writing checks and then you entrust that 50 million dollar investment pretty much all day every day to one person leading a team of leasing agents and uh, uh, maintenance staff and they can really drive that extremely large investment into the ground yep. and then you'll find out about it and you'll replace that person but it'll take time to start writing that mm. large ship which is kind of sinking right now right. Yep. Um, so I, I mean, and I'm sure I you've had that say, experience, right? Well, that is what happened, right. and like I, I guess I, I just can't say enough about like how important oversight and asset management really is. And this is the difference is you can have great property managers that are doing a great job, but at the end of the day, they get no upside. They're not part mm-hmm. of the ownership, and so they're looking at the task through a slightly different prism than you're looking at it. And you have to remember, this is this is your baby. Mm-hmm. This is yep. that person's going to go get another job. Oh man, you know, I lost my job. I got another one tomorrow. Right. You're stuck with a property that's at eighty-five percent, or yep. you know, your demographic has really gone down the tubes because. They just weren't leasing at the criteria that you told them to right. lease at or doing a number of other bad things that create significant loss for your investment, for your investors' returns. Um, so I would just say, like, stay on it yep. a- a- on asset management. Um, trust. Don't micromanage. Let people do what they're doing. But stay focused on those numbers and uh, don't don't be too uh, much of a uh, out-of-sight, out-of-mind owner. Oh, no. I think the biggest lesson is... And, and just from what I'm hearing, reflecting back on you is, is you make money when you buy, you lose it through bad property management. And that through bad management, that includes asset management, right? It's not just the guys in the bums and the seats. It's also, you know, we, we are both asset managers of our own company, making sure you look in the freaking metrics every week. And, and, and I maybe want to answer that's the question. What are you looking on a weekly basis to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets worse with this one because she was kind of like, not really cooking the books, but cooking the leasing documents. So right. she was overriding um, vacant units and marking them as residents who had moved out months before it. And so you really had to go back and look at the general ledgers uh, and compare it to the leasing documents that she was sending out in order to see all these overrides that she was making. I mean, that was a tremendous 
uh, undertaking just to discover uh, that was going on. We realized it because cash flow wasn't where it should be. Right. Um, but I, I mean, it, it's what you said about like, um, you know, the execution is so important. Uh, three rights plus one wrong can spell disaster. You mm. can buy the right property in the right market in the right time. But if you can't execute, everything can go out the window yep. on that investment. Execution is so important. Um, and, you know, thankfully, you know, that's one problem property manager, but it definitely was the exception, not the rule. Right. And we have gotten lucky to have some go a good property management company that puts, for the most part, very talented, caring people in the that really, really important chair of property management. And at 9,000 units, have you brought property management in-house yet or are you still third-party? Uh, we're still third-party. You, would you ever bring it in? <laughs> uh, we might. We might. It's, might. A, it's something that we've always talked about. You know, the, the plan is usually when you start these companies, do you do it day one at a loss mm -hmm. uh, and then grow to scale? Or do you do it when you get to scale, but then you face the challenge of that transition? Right. And so um, we're the latter, and that date will come. Um, and I, I don't have a date for it yet. I interviewed uh, Keith Wasserman a couple of, about two years ago when he was at 1.2 billion at Gelt. And I said, have you got. As, you know, if you got asset um, pro property management in house, and he still said no, mm -hmm. and, and it's because you know, I, I even though in my portfolio, when you've got people coming in from outside, you know, you're in a new market and you're trying to bring some property manager that you've never. How are you going to have the best bench right in that market? How are you going to know who, who's the best to hire to, to be that bum in the seat? We've done really well by hiring uh, regional property management companies. And, you know, there's a lot of bad ones, but there's some great ones, right. too. So we roll up our sleeves on the two companies that we work with. One is based out of Florida and one is based out of Dallas. Mm -hmm. We interviewed four or five other groups in that area and, and took proposals in for them. And then we moved forward with the ones that we believed in. And so far, it's done a very, very good job for us. It, it's fun to be an investment company out of Manhattan with, you know, eight folks in the office and running this much of a portfolio and bringing property management in-house is a tremendous undertaking yeah. uh, that really needs a six to 12 month runway yeah. uh, for a portfolio this size. So it, it, it will happen uh, eventually, but uh, again, I just don't have that date. No, no, right no, no, look, I, uh, I've always said to Andrew, my business partner, I'd either acquire a property management company or you back a really gun regional and say, you can get a piece of this bad boy if you go and build it out, yeah. right? And that's, yeah, yeah. you can incentivize them to, you know, do that, so. Agree. Mate, Agree. so, we're wrap up the show here, but 9,000 years, what's, the, what's this 2020, next five years got in store, mate? You're going to get 18,000? What, what's the goal here? And, and, and when will you be satisfied, I guess, is, is, is the other question. Like, when, when are you going to be like, I'm good at this level? <laughs> well, here's the problem is that I really enjoy running this company and the growth that we're going through. So, I mean, that when am I sat? I'm satisfied right now. I was satisfied when I left my company. Uh, this is just amazing. I don't have a, I'm unhappy now, but happiness is at 18,000 units right. number to tell right. you. I want to continue to grow exponentially, but safely. Uh, so, you know, if we're at 18,000 units in five years from now, I'll be disappointed. Um, but I, um, there's no one number. There's no real goal out there. I think that's silly. I just feel really lucky and fortunate to still wake up at whatever, 7 a.m., shower, and be like, let's go to work. Right. I'm excited. Let's do it. Right. I, I feel like that. And I was I did not feel like that at my old company. No. So. And you have, you have freedom now, right? Yeah. So, Well, mate, I want to thank you so much for jumping on today's show. You've been an incredible guest. It's been an absolute 
inspiration to so many people, including myself, to see you grow. You've also been very been, uh, influential in our growth, and, and I want to thank you for that. And so it's a, a bit of a, a tit for tat, and I and I and I just I can't wait to see you for the next five years. And man, I just want to say well done. I know we can't well, have the camera, <laughs> um, but we did just shake hands for everyone listening there. So, mate, um, enjoy the rest of the weekend, and, and we'll, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Reed. Appreciate it. Well, there you have another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible advice from Frank. And uh, if you do, you know, if you don't know where to find him, you can go to ashcroftcapital.com um, and check him out. I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to continue to grow your financial IQ and tune into this show. We're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a crack. Mm-hmm.